Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another edition of Football Extra Points on our sports radio. Thanks for joining me tonight. I'm your host, Scott King, creator of FootballExtraPoints.com, part of the Yard Barker Network. On tonight's show, we're going to be continuing our conversation on the draft and the combine that's getting ready to start. We've got a special guest tonight, Mark Rubin, CEO of Ray Rubin Sports. We'll be discussing... Uh, player contracts and, and that process, so we're excited to have him on tonight. Uh, if you'd like to join the conversation, the number is 323-927-2906. So I'll just start off by apologizing. I'm a little under the weather tonight, but I'm going to suck it up and get through the show, so uh, don't adjust your radio if it sounds a little weird on the other side, so I apologize for that. Uh, like I mentioned, the uh, Combine starts this week. That's coming up here starting on the 20th through the 26th. Uh, excited to see that. Uh, the NFL Network has their schedule already out uh, for what they're going to be televising when we can check in on that live. So that's going to be a, a really exciting time for us, uh, those of us that follow, follow uh, football this closely. It's going to give us an opportunity to see these guys work out, get a better idea of where teams are headed. So um, that's really going to be be a great time. Uh, some of the regional combines have actually already started. Uh, L.A., Houston, and Cleveland are in the books. And like I said, we've got the big one here coming up in Indianapolis. A couple more of these regional combines in the next several weeks heading up to the big March 12th date. Uh, that's when the league year starts. So we'll have uh, between now and then we're going to have more cuts, more player transactions, and then that's when teams have to be under the cap and free agency starts. So uh, some dates to circle on your calendar after the scouting combine is definitely this March 12th date. So fans need to keep an eye on their teams, what they're doing to get under the cap if you've got cap issues, and then also who's out there to sign. So those are some big dates. And then everything leads up to kind of the Super Bowl part two is the, the draft, April 25th to the 27th there in New York. And for those of us that didn't have teams in the in the Super Bowl, this is really the, the next biggest thing for us. So it's really an exciting time. We've already got teams making some moves to get under the cap and, and making decisions going forward. Uh, we had some more cuts and contract terminations. Uh, Johnny Knox, wide receiver for the Bears, his contract was terminated. And it's really too bad what's gone on for him with, with the injuries he suffered and that really, really tough back injury. Uh, he was a good, young, kind of dynamic player, wide receiver, 
he wasn't a one or two guy, but he definitely filled the role. And and you never like to see somebody's career kind of derailed with injury. So um, I haven't seen if he's officially retired or making a decision on retiring. But uh, unfortunately, he he's got some things to deal with on the injury side. So I'm not sure if we'll see him back on the field. Uh, Dennis Dixon, quarterback, signed with the Eagles. No big surprise there. I think everyone saw that coming. He's reuniting with Chip Kelly. Uh, so he's going to be in there with uh, Michael Vick, give them another kind of dynamic quarterback to go along with uh, Vick and the backup there. So we'll see where that goes. I don't expect him to get much playing time. He can run the, the scout team or something like that. A couple of big uh, big names being released. Charles Woodson from the Packers uh, is not being re-signed there. He's definitely uh, been a great player, Hall of Famer for sure. Um, very, very solid corner, um, more than solid, really, really a great playmaker. I think he's got a few years left. Uh, there's always the chance to move these guys as they get up in age from corner to safety. So something to keep an eye out for. I, I'm sure there's somebody that's going to give him a, a run. Uh, Jeff Saturday, with no surprise, also by the pack, was re- released, but um, or not resigned. That, that's more of a, a request on his end. He's decided to retire, so n- no big surprise there. The Colts have indicated that they will not be uh, resigning Dwight Freeney. No big surprise there. He doesn't really fit their scheme anymore. He He's definitely a 4-3 defensive end. The move to linebacker was just awkward and, and never really worked out. So <clears throat> keep an eye on him to land at a team that already has a pass rush. I think he'd be good in a rotation-type situation. So I look at, like, the Lions. They've got some defensive ends that they've moved on, but they like to keep six or seven guys on that defensive front and just keep them fresh and moving in so he wouldn't have to play you know, three downs at the DN side. He he could just come in and provide a pass rush. Uh, also, the Falcons, they they desperately need a pass rush, so they got to go somewhere. Um, be interested to see what they do. More cuts, you know, coming up uh, down, down the pipe. It'll be interesting to see what teams do. They're trying to restructure guys, trying to get some of these guys signed um, before the, the league year there in, in March. So interested to see what other kind of big names come out and, and what happens there. So we'll have to see which direction teams go and, and what's going on there. So do you have any thoughts on, on your team, where they're heading? You're, you're welcome to join the conversation. Uh, the number is 323-927-2906. Uh, later on tonight, I'll be recapping, finishing off my first-round mock draft on the site, uh, footballextrapoints.com. I've posted my three-round draft is up. So if you're interested, you can check that out. A couple of tweaks I need to make, some of items there. You know, you get 120 so players ranked on your draft board, and then you're trying to fill in these slots. Um, and as many times as I go back over this thing, I always find somebody out there who, who sees where I've made a mistake or um, has a suggestion on what I need to do. So I appreciate that feedback. It kind of helps me out if, if I've missed somebody or, or if I've put somebody in the wrong slot. So I've got a few tweaks to go there, but looking forward to that, um, cleaning that thing up and, and continuing to push out this mock draft as we get get longer through the, 
the uh, off-season programs. After we go through the combine, I'll be reissuing another one. And then as we get through these pro days and see guys like Matt Barkley out there throwing and what they can do, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, continue to update that. So it looks like uh, we have Mark Rubin is is on the line, and he's the CEO of Ray Rubin Sports, and he's been kind enough to join us tonight. So, uh, Mark, are you there? Yes. Yes, I am, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. No problem. Thank you for joining me. Um, you know, we're, I was just talking about the, the off season, and we've got players starting to get released by teams, and, and that's where I'm sure things get interesting for you to, is guys that are out there on the market and, and um, trying to match them up with, uh, with new teams and get them, get them lined up. I was just wondering if you could kind of let us in on that, that process at, at, at what point do you, do you get connected with the player and, and how do you get things started? Oh, I, I, I work with the agents and uh, try and help the agents plan, plan the strategy in uh, terms of getting their players, um, fair market value contracts. Um, so, uh, perhaps the sexiest guy I'm working upon now is, um, Connor Bowen for, from, for the Houston Texans. And so of course we're hoping that, uh, Houston, Houston, uh, resigns Connor, but, um, we're prepared, uh, to determine what other teams might be suitors for him, like how to position him in terms of marketing. Uh, it's, uh, it's very much like, well, uh, all your listeners, uh, we all apply for jobs. And so uh, there's all sorts of networking and so forth that goes on in terms of uh, prospecting. Um, and that's, uh, that's, that's what we're undertaking now. Um, so, so for instance, uh, you know, a fascinating thing, uh, for your listeners, um, if you take a look at Connor, um, the first thing that jumps to mind is um, his sacks in 2011 were 11 and a half, and it dropped down to three in 2012. And so I have to help the uh, agent prepare to address that. And um, so we we have done so. Um, he was uh, dropping a lot back, uh, a lot back into coverage more in um, 2012, covering tight ends and. Uh, running backs than he did in 2011 and um the Houston Texans defense still played very very well and uh um our pitches they're on the verge of uh being a Super Bowl contender um they just got to get over the the hurdle of New England and um that it's best to keep the team uh, structured as is Sure. Yeah. I mean, anytime you can keep that nucleus together, uh, they've got a really solid defense. The, the whole team kind of trailed off there at the end of the season. Uh, how many players are, are you involved with at, at any one time? Is this is this something you like to keep uh, focused with a handful of agents and players, or is this something where it's a massive, uh, you know, twenty players at, at a time? Or how, how do you prefer to, to handle things? No, it's only uh, it's only about four to six um, uh, football because um, just coming off uh, baseball, I'm much, I'm much more established in um, the baseball industry where I do handle um, um, actually as many as uh, 24 to 30 agents, and so um, this off season handled as many as 40 players. Um, so uh, um, no, Connor Connor Bowen and uh, Garrett Blount. Um, 
and Jason Worlds are my primary guys that I'm working on right now. Is there a, a difference, a contrast between the sports, football to baseball, with how things are handled? Is you know, in baseball you've got the guaranteed contracts. In football, there's not. So, is there a contrast in how you approach things? Um, yeah, there, there, there are some there are some subtle distinctions. Um, you know, base, baseball baseball has that firm uh, area where um, arbitration, like you can. Um, uh, you can actually go to a court, so to speak, um, between years three and five, and football pretty much goes straight to free agency. Um, so there's that distinction. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, the fascinating, call, fascinating thing for all of us as fans is um, uh, a 16 game season, like <laughs> every game is critical. Um, so, uh, um, you know, the, play, the players, in fact, uh, Part of my message to the agents is um, to convey to the players that you know not not, not only is uh, the game being taped, but that there's so many people there's, there's so many people uh, watching the games um, that you, you never know you, you never know what might happen. So that, for instance, uh, Jacksonville last year um, they only had 20 sacks. They were the worst in the NFL. Um, and their new defensive coordinator, um, a guy named Bob Babich, um, uh, he was he was the defensive coordinator for um, the Chicago Bears last November 11th when um, Connor had a great game against the Bears. Um, so um, I'm pretty sure Babich remembers that game, and if need be, uh, you know Jacksonville would get involved in pursuing him. So. Um, uh, you know, those are the sorts of things like the kind of networking um, that I try to point out to the agent uh, to be in a position to capitalize on those kind of relationships. Yeah, that that sounds uh, sounds interesting to connect everybody together. Have you ever, um, you know, run into a situation where a player and agent have completely overvalued themselves in the market where it, it, are you part of that conversation where you kind of have a an honest moment where it's like something's not matching up this doesn't work with with the expectations of the player um yeah i i try to convey that to the agent and uh and and actually try and protect the agent in some respect like that i'll i'll tell the agent to tell the player that i'm the bad guy um uh the agents that I've met, like, have all been very wonderful people, but um, I, I'm sort of naive. Uh, I have observed the kind of poaching where, um, you know, one agency might steal a player from another agent, and I'm very conscious of trying to make sure that um, uh, I protect my agents, like the, my clients. Um, and so if there's any bad news to be conveyed, um, I'll tell them blame it, blame it, blame it on your uh, consultant. Um, so t- tell them, tell the player that your consultant says this. Um, so that way, there isn't any tension between the player and the agent. Yeah, the the player and agent. You know, from what from what uh, what I hear, and and, the, and I'm sure the listeners hear that that's a real close. You know, it's a very tight relationship that they tend to. to uh, build and and really, I guess players choose their agent based on who they're comfortable with and who they think will get them furthest along uh, in their career. 
Well, you'll get a kick out of this, and uh, and again, I think the, the audience will as well. Um, uh, some some of the biggest agencies are now entertainment companies, and so um, besides the agent representing the player in terms of uh, the contract on the field, um, the players are concerned about endorsements, um, roles in movies, and so forth. And so um, uh, some of the bigger agencies can try and capitalize and, and whisper sweet nothings into the players' ears about, um, well, how would you like to be in a Pepsi commercial? Um, and so, uh, so, 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 so those sort of things come to play. Sure. Yeah. I mean, anything I guess an agency can do to to separate themselves from the other ones is going to give them a leg up. Have you seen a, a change? Any changes in the in the agency um, market? I guess over the years, recently, more more agents coming up. More, uh, or is it more the the larger agencies are just dominating the the market? Or have you seen any any change recently? Or or is everything pretty much running the same? No, there's there's still the same things. Like that, um, there there are large agencies, and uh, they hire younger people. Um, those younger people um, secure relationships with their own players, and if they can, uh, um, you know, get get one or two primary players, uh, the agent might decide to go on off on his or her own. So um, so. It, there's always uh, new agencies being founded by ambitious, energetic new people that got their training with the uh, with the bigger ones. Um, and uh, oh, you know, to give an illustration, uh, using a baseball example, um, the guy who represents Mike Napoli really only has um, one client. Um, but um, you can imagine, you know, four percent. Four percent of ten million dollars is a pretty good income, and so um, that, that um, all he has to do is take good care of Mike Napoli, and uh, uh, he has a comfortable lifestyle. Sure, yeah. If you land a couple of the, the big guys, you can you can do very well for yourself. How long, uh, when you're involved, what, what's the average length of process from the point you get involved to the the point, kind of the contract is finalized? Um, it can be a it can be a matter of months. So um, you know, I'm I'm hoping um, an established guy like Connor um, that uh, um, that that the first day of free agency, uh, March 12th. I'm hoping that he signed in that particular period of time. Um, a guy like Garrett, um, who wasn't played much last year for Tampa Bay. Um, you know, it might take it might take a longer period of time. Um, uh, uh, even you know, going so far as to the draft, um, and then like getting him signed. So another part of my job, I you know, I I, I heard like you know, you've already done your uh, mock drafts, and so another another part of my job is to try and point out to um, uh, the agent so that they're prepared to speak to team executives. And point out that the the draft isn't uh, the panacea that um, that they may think it is. So um, a guy I'm not sure um, uh, have you shared with your listeners like Ezekiel Lanza is he in your uh, first three rounds? The guy he's an outside linebacker from BYU. Um, you know I I'd have yeah I've got him actually in uh, in my first round to the Giants. 
Oh my goodness. Um, so, so I've seen other mock drafts like where you're going to the Jets. Now, I I don't mean to rain on your parade, but um, he's an illustration <laughs> of a guy. He's an illustration of a guy like that. I believe um, uh, having him in the first round is um, four rounds too early. Like so that um, as I look at okay. his career. As I look at his college career, he's only played three games against meaningful competition, um, Notre Dame, Boise State, and Georgia Tech. And he made most of his reputation playing against um, these powerhouses, Weber State, Idaho, San Jose State, and New Mexico State. So um, God bless Ezekiel. Like He may turn out to be a hell of a player, but it won't be in 2013. Like He'll have to do... Um, an apprenticeship, and um, uh, I don't know that the you know a team like the Giants um, wants to wait on him, but um, maybe. Yeah, well, I I've, <clears throat> I share every week with my listeners as I go through the draft that all mock drafts have one thing in common: they're all completely wrong. <laughs> so you've got to take them for what <laughs> you've got to take nope. them for what they're worth, and uh, and if you go to it with that approach, I, I think you'll you'll uh, get something out of them. Yep. No. Everybody. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, and that that's what makes it. Um, that, that's what makes it so much fun. Yep. Exactly. And, and there's always those head scratchers in, in the draft. Somebody will, will reach on on another player, and, and you just can't believe it. So, um, but that's that's a, an interesting time. But uh, uh, how that's, much? That's, oh, I was just going to say, like, so 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 I didn't read the, the fan like. Um, uh, the, the fans, like in terms of the draft, um, the guys that I have at outside linebacker, like that um, could well be impact players right away. It'd be uh, uh, Dion Jordan from Oregon, um, Alex Okafor mm-hmm. from Texas, and uh, Chase Thomas from Stanford. So those are guys that um, I see stepping in and uh, being starters in the NFL um, next year. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, one thing interesting about this year's draft is. There's not that clear-cut Andrew Luck at the top of the draft that's just walking away with things. I mean, any any number of guys could go number one, depending on what the Chiefs decide they want to do with their future. Yeah, no, as a matter of fact, um, where do you have uh, where do you have your top running back? Like so that like like I have um, I have like that the draft like that there's a paucity of. Um, uh, uh, running backs like going early, like um. But, but what, what, why don't you why don't you share with us um where you have the running backs? Yeah, I had in an earlier draft. I'm just looking at mine right here. I had um, I had the Packers taking uh, Eddie Lacy in an earlier draft, but in my current one, I actually don't have one going until the second round. Oh, and. No, that's, uh... Uh, that, that, that's uh, very consistent with Walter Football's um, mock draft and a couple other ones that I've seen as well. Um, and so th- that's why I'm I'm sort of excited about. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, again, perhaps some of your listeners, uh, Legarrette Blount, may have uh, fallen out of people's consciousness. Um, you know, he had a great 2010, uh, reasonable 2011, but disappeared in 2012. Um, but um, you know, I'm hoping like that because the draft isn't rich in running backs, that teams that need a running back and there's a host of them um, uh, will look to Garrett. 
Yeah, and, and I'm actually a big LeGarrette Blunt fan um, coming out of, of Oregon. I know he had some struggles, um, you know, his last year there, but he made a big uh, a big impression in Tampa and just kind of got lost in the shuffle down there. So, um, you know, for me, I, I I am impressed. He's he's a big bruising guy who can who can move the ball, and I think. Um, I don't think it'll take him long to find a home. Uh, you know, the the league has gone away from that one featured back, and everybody wants two or three guys that have different specialties, a speed guy and a big guy and a hands back. So, um, you know, I'm sure with with um, all these teams kind of lacking a, a running game, I'm sure he won't, won't take too long to find a home. Well, an interesting thing, like you, you'll get a kick out of this, I believe, is um, uh, for athletes, people are always conscious of um, their age. Um, however, with running backs, I like to look at how many touches they've had in their career. And so uh, LeGarrette is still a very young babe. Like between college and pro, he's only like either carried the ball or caught it 586 times. Um, to give some comparisons, uh Rashad Mendenhall's done about three times that many at about 1,400. Uh, Felix Jones about double that at about 1,100. And uh, Kevin Smith and Ryan Grant are uh, way over 1,600. So, um, you know, if if one thinks that there's only so many bullets or so many touches in one's career, um, what Garrett like, should have um, a lengthy career ahead of him is um, one part of the pitch that we'll be making. Sure. Well, and as a, a Lions fan myself, I'll, I heard Kevin Smith's name out there, and, and he had uh, a ton of carries in college and, you know, came real close to, to breaking Barry's record there at UCF. And he, he's just dealt with injuries since he came to the NFL. And, and somebody like LeGarrette that's got um, definitely a lot of years on his legs, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him in a Lions uniform, that's for sure. Yeah, no, in fact, um, I'm hoping uh, um, the Lions uh, offensive coordinator, Scott Linehan, was, you know, he's been with uh, Detroit for for quite some time. And um, uh, with Garrett, like in, in his great 2010 year, there was a December 19th game, like where uh, LeGarrette played very well against the Lions. So I'm sure uh, Scott Linehan remembers that game and will hopefully uh, um, be in pursuit of uh, – uh, be in pursuit of uh, LeGarrette because uh, LeGarrette's won clearly. Um, you know, Doug Martin has supplanted him. Um, you know, Shiano isn't a particular big fan, so that you know LeGarrette's won. Like we're 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 not under any illusion that he's going to resign with Tampa. Yeah, it'd probably be best for him to move on. Like you said, Shiano's got trying to set his. Um, set his stamp on the team and LeGarrette was brought in, uh, in the previous regime. So, um, so that, that, that'll be, uh, interesting to see where he lands. Um, other, other than Connor and LeGarrette and anyone else you can, you can share with us that you're working with. Um, yeah, we're getting ready. Um, Jason worlds, like, isn't, uh, he, he won't be a free agent till 2014. Um, but, um, uh, the agent was uh, interested in um, speaking to the Steelers about doing a contract early on. Um, I've, I've been like, like I, I believe Jason's going to get a shot at 
at starting all 16 games like it looks like um, the Steelers will release uh, um, James Harrison, um, you know, for salary cap reasons. And uh, Lamar Woodley, like, had a bad year last year. Um, so um, I believe, like, Jason, as a matter of fact, um, a, a year from now, like, I believe, like, we'll be speaking of Jason um, as one of the top outside linebackers on the market, like Clay Matthews and uh, Brian Arakbo will be free agents in 2014, but I don't expect that either um, Green Bay, I can't see Green Bay letting Clay Matthews get away, and I can't see Washington letting Arakbo get away. So um, um, I believe like Jason will be in an enviable position. Yeah, that's, that's a good spot to be in. Uh, heading into the draft, uh, are you involved with many agents repping um, guys coming into the draft, or you're more dealing with guys that are already established in the league? Um, pretty much uh, with guys established uh, getting into the league. Um, last year, um, I worked on a, on trying to help an agent uh, elevate a player, um, uh, an Arkansas wide receiver named Jarius Wright. Um and so Jarrett Wright had incredible um, statistics in the rugged SEC, um, but because he's a small guy, he was uh, projected to be uh, in a fifth round, a fifth round pick. And so I helped put together um, a PowerPoint presentation that was, you know, sent out to uh, general managers, and uh, he went early in the fourth round to the Vikings. And in fact, by uh, the end of the year, he was getting some playing time. He, he made he made some prominent plays for the Vikings, um, and uh, with questions about what's going to happen with Percy Harvin, I see Darius getting uh, quite a lot of playing time next year. Yeah, Har- Harvin can't can't seem to stay on the field, and and that would be a, a good slot for him. He sounds like he might be able to slip into that spot with the and take over uh, um, his his role there with them, depending on what direction they go. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Like some, you know, sometimes, um, uh, and you you probably heard this. Like the you know the the scouts and even the team executives go too much by uh, physical attributes, and uh, um, I can see doing that. But this this guy, like this guy, Jerry is right. Like. He had a resume like against teams like Alabama and LSU. Um, he had produced for for several years against top flight programs. So I was pretty confident about him moving to the pros and being able to um, not only compete but uh, produce successfully um, despite his size. And uh, hopefully that will come to fruition next year. Yeah, and the, the combine is definitely a time where where teams can get. Uh, overexcited about somebody that can ro- work out really well and, and hopefully they don't forget that the, the game's played, you know, between between the lines with, with pads on and not in shorts and T-shirts running around. Well, I, I, I concur. And I, 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 you know, I, I think more and more people uh, are, are recognizing that that's the case. Like, um, I, guess, I guess it was Bill Parcells who came up with the slogan that, you know, on Sundays, you know, football players play, and so uh, um, and there's a a good record of their play, and so to me, um, you know, the issue of practice or combines um, is secondary to what you have on tape, um, so that 
you know, there's so much tape on these guys. Like if you can get a good assessment on, um, uh, you know, who plays well and who plays consistently and um, and who hustles, like even at the end of a game. Sure, definitely. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on tonight, Mark. Is there um, is there any uh, a website out there where where fans can can I guess reach out and and ask questions or, or any way for people to get in touch with you or, or where you provide any information for um, okay. for what you guys are working on? Okay, thanks, Scott. Like so, uh, people can go to uh, rayrubin.com. So it's R A Y. Ruben, R-U-B-I-N dot com, and uh, I'd be glad to uh, field any questions about the kind of work that I do and um, advise anybody who is uh, eager to get in the field. Um, so I'm a, a professor by trade, and so I'm glad to, to mentor or help out anybody uh, in the business. All right. Well, that sounds great. Well, I appreciate the time and, and you coming on tonight and sharing kind of this uh, insight for us and the listeners as far as uh, how this process works. So as as we go through the off season, um, I'm sure things will be heating up for you. And, and good luck to you and the, the agents and the players you're working with. Okay. Thank you very much, Scott, and have a good evening. Thanks. You too. Thanks, Mark. Bye bye. <clears throat> All right, well, you're listening to Football Extra Points on uh, our sports radio, and we just wrapped up a conversation with uh, Mark Rubin, CEO of Ray Rubin Sports. He was kind enough to come on and join us and talked a little bit about how the the uh, player-agent uh, process works. So as we're getting into the off season, that's uh, interesting for, for those of us that are fans of the process to get kind of a, a peek behind the curtain and, and see how things work. So as we uh, continue to move on with the, the off season, here we talked a little bit about the draft with Mark, and, and I talked about a few of my picks. And, and like I said, as we get through the, the combine and more of these pro days especially, we'll get a better picture of, of who's landing where. And also uh, a big part of the draft is uh, what teams' needs are. Need a lot of times will drive drive the draft. So keep in mind as player as teams start releasing players and and not signing players, and where where their needs will be. And then once free agency starts on March 12th, that's going to help out a lot too. So, you know, you you have situations in the draft where teams will overdraft a player, uh, draft a player that that doesn't make sense as far as the talent goes, but is a good fit. You know, if if for some reason the Packers were drafting, you know, at the top end of the draft. They're not going to take a quarterback, obviously. I mean, that's an extreme example, but you're not going to have a team draft position that they don't need. So that's really going to have a lot to do with what direction teams go and, and what they what they do in the draft. Like I mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, with Mark, you know, these mock drafts is just not obviously not how the draft's going to work out. They never do, but. It's really, for me, it's a good way to see what players are available where, how the, the draft is kind of going, what the team needs are, and, and who's out there when your team's on the board. Um, you know, you've got uh, the big question right now is what does Kansas City do at number one? And their obvious need, I think everybody that watched games last year knows that, that they need a quarterback. Well, is is uh, Geno Smith 
the quarterback out of West Virginia? Is he truly a number one quarterback? Is he on par with Andrew Luck? I don't think anybody would say that, but <clears throat> the Chiefs are in a position where they have to, they need a quarterback. So are they going to go and elevate this guy now to the number one draft pick because they need a quarterback? Um, you know, that, that's the big question. I think what helps them now is the new rookie wage scale protects the Chiefs from killing themselves in the long run uh, with uh, a draft pick at number one in the quarterback. You you look at teams like the Raiders who picked Jamarcus Russell. <clears throat> I mean, he had something like $50 million guaranteed or some obscene number that he'd walk around with, and, and he was just terrible. And it set the team back for years. And the Chiefs, yes, they can take a, a chance at, at Geno Smith, and yeah, well, it set him back if they if he doesn't pan out, sure. But it's not a devastating cap number, a huge investment that they have to sit on for several years. They can take a little bit of a risk there at quarterback and and see where see where it goes. So <clears throat> that that's a, a way to protect the teams a little bit. So last week I I ran through the bottom half of my first round. I'll go ahead and run through the top half. Um, Let's see, number 14, the Panthers. I had uh, Jonathan Hankins, the defensive tackle out of Ohio State. Uh, Panthers need to do a lot to strengthen their defense if they want to keep keep going forward. Uh, Buccaneers, I've got them also taking a defensive tackle, star uh, Latulale. And that actually, now that, that things are starting to shake out here in the draft, I think he's going to end up being gone at this point. But, again, Buccaneers need some defense. For the Dolphins at number 12, I went Keenan Allen, wide receiver out of Cal. I think they need some playmakers there, the wide receiver position to help out Tannehill and his growth. I, I went wide receiver for them. Uh, Chargers, Eric Fisher, uh, tackle out of Central Mi- Michigan. They need some help there on the offensive line to give Rivers a chance. Uh, I think that team, the Chargers, needs needs to do some work fast or they need to move Rivers because if they don't do something here in the next couple of years, he, he's going to end up you know, having a career where he's not making it to the to the playoffs or deep in the playoffs. <clears throat> Titans, uh, Jonathan Cooper, guard out of UNC. They need some help on the offensive line, open some holes for Chris Johnson, hopefully let him get back to where he was. The Jets, uh, Chance Warmack, guard out of Alabama, uh, another offensive lineman. The Jets' offensive line was <clears throat> notoriously um uh, bad last year. I think anybody that watched that team saw their problems. At number eight, the Bills, I've got them taking Manti Teo. I'm actually not a Manti Teo fan. Um, nothing to do with whatever his off-the-field issue was. I'm not even going to get into that. But um, you know, one thing that was interesting for me was he got a lot of hype throughout the season as Notre Dame was playing Navy and Pitt and, and these other guys. <clears throat> but when it came down for them to play Alabama, a, a real Solid team with with an NFL caliber offensive line. I mean, several of these guys are going into the NFL this year. He just disappeared in that game, and I think it absolutely had to do with the level of competition. I I uh, think that he's going to be one that that might disappear in the NFL. I hate to say that about somebody, but I just I just think he's going to get eaten up, and I think his talent was way overstated last year at Notre Dame. At number seven, uh, I've got Geno Smith, quarterback, West Virginia heading there. Um, 
it all depends on what the Chiefs do at number one. At this point, I don't think they're going to take him, but uh, we'll see. Uh, the Cardinals are, are another team with just a terrible quarterback situation. They had everybody and their brother starting quarterback for them last year, and, and Larry Fitzgerald's out there just begging for somebody to throw him the ball. So we'll see what happens there. Um, the Browns at number six, I've got them taking Mingo, uh, PN from LSU. Give them some defensive pressure. The Lions uh, at number five. I've got them taking uh, Bjorn Werner, defensive end out of Florida State. And I know the Lions seem to be continuing to draft these defensive linemen, but when you look at guys like uh, Vandenbosch, Cliff Averill, um, they're they're losing a lot of their DNs, <clears throat> so they need some some help there. And and really, the only uh, corner, which is their number one need, that's going to be worthy of a top five pick is going actually I have him going number four to the Eagles. Uh D Milner, corner out of Alabama, is going number four. Uh number three to the Raiders, DeMont uh Demontre Moore, defensive end out of Texas A and M. Give them a bit of a pass rush. Uh Jaguars, Jarvis Jones, the end out of Georgia. And then number one, I've got the Chiefs taking uh Luke Jokel ta- uh tackle out of Texas A and M. You know, they need to solidify their offensive line and help protect whatever quarterback they get into. At this point, the other pick, the only other pick for them is Geno Smith, and that's going to come down to how he performs here coming up and what he does to show the Chiefs that he's the quarterback that they can take going forward. So that's a look at my current uh, top end of the first round. I've got three rounds up right now. That, that's as deep as I'm going to go this off season. I won't be going any further than that. Got some adjustments to do, and once we get through the combine, I'm going to do a full full redraft here of these first three rounds. So um, <clears throat> we'll see how things shake out, and as the pro days start coming on to us. And as I mentioned, the combine's coming up. So uh, we've got arrivals coming up on day one, and that's going to be Wednesday. On the 20th, we've got uh, kickers, special teams players, offensive linemen, and tight ends. So they'll be arriving in Indianapolis on Wednesday. They've got registration, orientation, team interviews, um, and then their their schedule right into Thursday goes uh, measurements, media interviews, They've got NFLPA meetings, testing, workouts, and then uh, this group one is on the field Saturday, February 23rd for their workouts. Uh, Arriving day two is uh, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. They'll go through a similar uh, schedule there on the field Sunday, February 24th for their on-field drills. Uh, Day three arrivals is defensive linemen. And linebackers, their on-the-field workouts is Monday, the 25th of February. And then the final group are defensive backs, and they're on the field Tuesday, the 26th. So you've got players arriving Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and on the field Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And the NFL Network will be carrying all that um, on their their network. It's really a great opportunity to to really get to know some of these guys. Mike Mayock, 
in my opinion, provides the best insight out there. And he does a really good job of breaking players down, talking about teams and, and what they need. So it's it's definitely something that's uh, that's worth watching if you're a fan. And I definitely am. I love it. I've already set my DVR, and I rewatch it, keep it, um, <clears throat> and continue to go back to it as we get closer to the draft. So it's really a, a, a good a good chance for us to get into it. And that takes me right into uh, to the extra point for this week, and that's the combine preparation. You know, these guys coming out of college, their goal obviously is to get into the NFL. That's that's why most of them went into football in college in the first place. And the combine is, you know, their uh, chance to prove themselves, and not as much the real top end guys, but sort of that that just below the top end all the way down, they've got a chance to get in front of all the teams, interview, and work out for them, show them what they have. And these guys need to be preparing like this is, the, which it is. It's the biggest job interview they've had. And everybody knows what these drills are. Everybody knows what these tests are. So any player that shows up to the, the combine not prepared to, to either maximize their abilities in these drills or they do poorly in an interview or they do poorly on the on the test. I just don't understand where their head's at. I mean, if you know heading into it what questions uh, are on a test and that test is running and, and catching balls and, and doing these different drills, how you can't be 100% prepared for it says a lot about that that individual. And I think teams, you know, can question somebody's work ethic if they show up to the combine unprepared or, or really underperform. And people get injured and, and things happen and, and these guys are young and, and anything's possible. But, you know, you really expect these guys to be peaked out, ready to go, and ready to really put on a show for these teams and, and really show what they, they're they're made of. So, uh, we'll see how it works out. There's a lot of agencies out there that are helping prepare guys for the, the combine, so we'll see how it goes this week. We'll see if anybody breaks any crazy speeds, if we've got some 4-3 numbers out there or anything like that. So um, it, it'll be an exciting time. Well, I want to uh, uh, thank our guest tonight, Mark Rubin, CEO at Ray Rubin Sports, for coming on giving us an insight on that. Uh, you've been listening to Football Extra Points on our sports radio. And I'm your host, Scott King. You can follow my work on footballextrapoints.com, part of the Yard Barker Network. And next week, uh, still working on a, about a few guests as we get through the the off season, And we'll continue to talk about drafts and teams and, and addressing their needs. So I uh, appreciate you guys tuning in tonight, and we'll be back again next week. Have a good night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.